0: Welcome to Pod, a podcast on the current state and evolution of competition law, in which we unravel the concepts behind the newest developments in competition law. I'm Peter Giese from CMS Stuttgart, and I'm joined by my colleague Roxana Kruse from CMS Brussels.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. In our first episode on DJ Pod, we would like to discuss a topic that has already kept us busy throughout 2020 and will continue to do so in 2021, which is digital markets and online platforms.
0: At the end of last year, the European Commission published its proposal of the Digital Markets Act and the Digital Services Act, which sets new rules for digital platforms and gatekeepers. The Commission's announced legislation around platforms attracted a lot of attention and raised a few eyebrows in the digital and competition world alike.
1: Yes, so before we reflect these legislative changes, we want to use this first GigiPod episode to discuss online platforms and the concerns around them. For this, we would like you, the listeners, to get comfortable with our Competition Law ABC.
0: We want to go over the most important concepts in this area. Terms such as gatekeepers, network effects, or the login effect have become omnipresent in the language of competition lawyers when discussing online platforms. So, let's start with a little glossary. When dealing with platforms, you certainly cannot avoid talking about gatekeepers. But what is the term about?
1: Yeah, so generally, when we talk about gatekeepers, um, we think of someone who grants access to something. Basically, who decides who is in and who is out. In competition law, we borrowed this term. It relates to economically strong platforms with a significant impact on the market and that links a large user base to a large number of businesses. And additionally, it usually has a stable position in the market. If you want to hear names, Google, Apple, Facebook, and Amazon are likely the first ones to come to mind.
0: Yes, these companies offer very valuable services, which we as users benefit from. But why are there concerns around them?
1: There is a concern that big online platforms may harm competition. The European Commission already described large online platforms as private rulemakers and bottleneck. The European Commission has found that very few large platforms capture the biggest share of the value. And when a platform benefits from strong network effects, this can create dependency, for example, for businesses which would like to offer their goods and services on a platform.
0: Good. Um, We now have learned that particularly online platforms can act as important gatekeepers or certainly also as bottleneck for businesses. And you know already introduced another concept which is network effects which can also lead to dependency maybe we should go into network effects as well
1: yeah sure so this is an economic term which describes the phenomenon that the value of a product or service goes up as the number of users goes up and these are typically positive
0: i'm sure there's plenty of examples in all kinds of networks for example starting with a simple cell phone when more people have this device, it also becomes more useful for yourself because it means you can connect to more people. Um, and this goes one step further with the mobile network operator that you use as communications within the network will usually be cheaper and of better quality.
1: Or think of a more recent example, one that has already triggered controversial discussions, um, which is the Corona tracing app. This also becomes more valuable the more people use it. And by the way, what we're discussing right now is called direct network effects.
0: But getting back to our actual topic, we can see these kind of network effects also in platforms. This becomes quite clear when we look at Facebook. The more of your friends also signed up to Facebook, the more attractive it becomes for you as a user because you can connect, communicate and share information with more friends, which is the most important part of the experience Facebook offers.
1: Exactly. In 2009, Mark Zuckerberg said in an interview, think about what people are doing on Facebook today. They are keeping up with their friends and family but they're also building an image and identity for themselves, which, in a sense, is their brand. They're connecting with the audience that they want to connect to. It is almost a disadvantage if you're not on it now.
0: What we now described sounds quite positive, um, but what are the competitive concerns of these direct network effects?
1: If you are a user of a very popular social network, such as Facebook, and most of your friends stay connected with you on Facebook, you as a user are very unlikely to switch to another similar social network, at least not completely. You may want to use other social networks, um, but not exclusively.
0: Yeah, absolutely right. So users are locked in. They kind of stay extra loyal to the service provider.
1: Indeed. And quite conveniently, we call that a lock-in effect. Um, this is very well showcased by the Google Plus story um, a real life scenario of how Facebook manages to act as a so-called gatekeeper because of these effects we just described. Google Plus started out with a similar mission as Facebook, but it simply failed to attract enough users to make it appealing for others to join. And in the end, Google had to shut down the platform in 2019.
0: Yeah, this reminds me of another example. Our audience from Germany might still be familiar with the social network called StudiVZ, respectively, MeinVZ and SchülerVZ, which were social networks for pupils and students. Once they, they were the market leader in Germany before Facebook entered the market. It had 60 million users in Germany but went insolvent in t- uh, 2017. This happened after Facebook was launched in Germany. So, Such login effects ultimately may weaken competition, since through such login effects, competitors of such gatekeepers are prevented from entering the market or are forced out of the market. But let's get back to our network effects. We now already tackled direct network effects. What other kinds of network effects do we know?
1: Yeah, you might already guess it. When we have direct network effects, of course, we also have indirect network effects, Um, platforms do not only have one group of users. A platform can also connect two sides of a market. Just imagine a very simple example, a farmer's market. At the farmer's market, um, farmers sell their goods and um, customers go shopping for different types of products all in one place. And if the marketplace is frequented by a number of users, it also becomes more attractive to farmers. And when the offers by farmers increase it will also become more attractive for customers
0: yes so a farmer's marketplace is already something like a platform
1: yes of course currently we're mostly talking about digital markets and platforms and there are also more modern examples such as um booking platforms online marketplaces or social media
0: applying what we already know about network effects Indirect network effects describe that when the number of users goes up, the platform also becomes more attractive for businesses to join. And the more businesses offer their products or services on a platform, the more valuable it becomes for users and the more valuable it becomes for businesses and so on and so on.
1: Yeah, you see where this is going. Coming back to our favorite example of the day, Facebook you can see another example of network effects um, of course you know that users do not have to pay a fee to use Facebook Facebook is financed by advertising and as the number of users go up Facebook also gets more interesting for businesses to place their advertisement on the platform so in this case we also see indirect network effects when a platform is financed by advertising.
0: Thanks, Roxana. But coming back to our initial question, what gatekeepers are. Roxana, you said that gatekeepers can benefit from strong network effects. When can this become harmful to competition?
1: There are different potential consequences when a platform benefits from very strong network effects. It can create barriers to entry and weaken competition when companies have a significant head start. For example, for all the data which have been collected and which can be used to expand the business to other areas. On the other hand, other companies might not be able to replicate the data and they might not be able to generate a critical mass of users because users do not want to switch. We already discussed this when we talked about the login effect. Competition also further might be weakened when potential competition is stifled by the takeover of potential competitors. But there's also another perspective to it. Some gatekeepers might apply unfair practices towards their business customers. And as I said before, very few large platforms capture the biggest share of the value. Therefore, businesses might not have any outside options and simply cannot switch to another platform.
0: And here, the European Commission comes into play, which has proposed legislation to address some of the concerns around large online platforms. The Digital Markets Act particularly seeks to address the problem that when gatekeepers engage in unfair business practices, this can prevent or slow down valuable and innovative services of its business users and competitors from reaching the consumers.
1: So, Peter, can you tell us what to expect from the Digital Markets Act?
0: Certainly, we can expect the EU to establish criteria that determine when a platform is a gatekeeper. The EU will definitely not regulate all platforms, but only those that are large and systematic and which have a strong economic position and are active in multiple EU countries. Another condition will be that Um, it needs to have a strong intermediation position between a large number of users on the one hand and a large number of businesses on the other. And last but not least, this position in the market needs to be arranged, meaning that it is stable. The European Commission proposed presumption when these criteria are met. This will lead, at least in the opinion of the European Commission, to objective and verifiable criteria.
1: Will this piece of legislation then only be applicable to Google, Apple, Facebook and Amazon?
0: Well, it will be applicable to so-called core platforms such as search engines, social networking services, certain messaging services, operating systems and online intermediation services. And Google, Apple, Facebook and Amazon will certainly fall under the scope, but the European Commission estimates that much more companies will fall under the scope either.
1: And once a company has been identified as a gatekeeper, what are the obligations of gatekeeper platforms?
0: The European Commission is going to introduce a couple of do's and don'ts for gatekeepers. Companies will have to comply with a defined set of prohibitions and obligations to avoid a number of unfair practices, such as prohibiting self-preferencing of a platform's own services, obligations to ensure interoperability with its platforms, and obligations to share data that is provided or generated on the gatekeeper's platform by its business users.
1: But I wonder, how will this work in practice? How will the European Commission be able to determine which companies are gatekeepers and supervise and enforce compliance with the new rules?
0: Companies have to do, as always in EU competition law, do a self-assessment and, if appropriate, inform the EU Commission. The European Commission will then designate companies as gatekeepers that meet certain thresholds. The Commission can also do a market investigation and designate companies as gatekeepers following that investigation. When it comes to enforcement, the Commission will have the power to investigate, such as requesting information, conducting interviews or on site inspection, and ultimately impose fines or remedies. <laughs> We are now already at the end of our first episode and hope we could give you a jumpstart in the area of digital competition law. In our next episode, we will discuss further legislative proposals to tackle competition concerns arising from big digital companies or services. We hope that you enjoyed our two days episode. Please follow us on our CMS Law Now platform and subscribe to our newsletter so you won't miss our next episode and to receive all DigiPod updates. You will find our sources for this episode and further information in the episode description.